Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And now, it's the rest stop with Brad Restituting. Come on. Welcome to Tuesday Night Live, and we're here every Tuesday and Thursday night live from Las Vegas, 9 to 10 o'clock Pacific time, so thanks for jumping in and joining us. We got a good show for you today. It's going to be sports heavy because the leaning down left and right, minute after minute, hour after hour. With me, as always, right by my side here in Las Vegas, Spencer the Wiz. You can follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz, and of course myself at Brad the Believer on Twitter and on Instagram, and of course my personal Facebook page, Brad Restituto. So, Spence, we started off tonight, Tuesday night live with the NFL, as of course the Titans took on the Bills, and that game was pushed back due to the Titans' COVID outbreak. And uh, Spence, I mean, look, we thought. We all thought with the Buffalo Bills playing as good as they were playing and, of course, all the distractions from the Titans with the COVID outbreaks, five, six players put on COVID-19 injury reserve, that there would be some distractions. And, of course, they missed their game against the Steelers last week. Well, they were on fire this week, well-coached, very well-coached Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Not a lot of mistakes. Ryan Tannehill didn't blow you away with his numbers. But three touchdowns, one rushing, 42 yards on the ground. And uh, we were all hyping Josh Allen last week. But uh, this week, it wasn't quite his night. And it was the Titans' night at home. They got a very convincing 42-12 to victory over Buffalo. And they moved to 4-0 on the season. And the Bills fall to 4-1, but of course still leading the AFC East. Spence, uh, just another solid, well-coached performance by the Titans. And they keep it rolling. They had a couple close games earlier in the year, but this one wasn't close. And uh, the, the Bills made more mistakes. The Titans did not. They got just enough on the ground from uh, Derrick Henry. And, of course, Tannehill, they had over 130 yards rushing combined. And they get the victory tonight. And, and they looked as good as they looked all year. With all the distractions, the week off, uh, they come out ready to play tonight on Tuesday night. Uh, apparently the travel and the distraction affected the Bills more as uh, they didn't look their best tonight, Spence, but the Titans were on point. Yeah, it's just, it's pretty impressive, right? Because we all predicted this this game incorrectly, obviously, because 
you just think all that's going around, there's all this bad media. So, you know, Vable is dealing with a lot of negative, uh, you know, uh, interviews and all that kind of stuff going his way because ultimately falls on him for all of this. But whatever the case may be, this team has a lot of camaraderie, which is pretty impressive. And, I, you know, I've kind of felt like a fluke last year where it's like kind of the special run, but they look better than they were last year, which is pretty impressive. Gaining a lot of momentum, you know, doing it equally on the ground game with Eric Henry as they are with Ryan Tannehill, who doesn't look like he's slowing down in his progression as his career goes along. Kind of a late bloomer. Could say that's a product of being on the Dolphins for the beginning of his career. But, wow, I, they're undefeated. And I don't know, like, I feel like they can go into any team at this point. You got a Baltimore Ravens team that looks vulnerable. The Chiefs, who have been stopped essentially twice this season. So I don't know. I don't want to start saying they're title contenders, but I don't think they're that far off, obviously. Guy, for everyone just joining us, uh, some live sports, big sports, NFL on Tuesday, coming on this Tuesday. Uh, before, but before we keep it going, uh, everyone, please download the Twitch app or go to www.twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. Give us love on there. Like, subscribe. And uh, we've got some new partners with the Landry Football shows and LandryFootball.com. Uh, powered by American Betting Experts, one of the largest licensed sports and casino vendors in the U.S., We've teamed together to provide special gaming offers to all Landry Football followers and podcast listeners. Here's what you do, guys. Go to LandryFootball.com, click on the ad located at the upper right-hand side of the page, and then you can pick among the gaming sites legal in your state, such as BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, and PointsBet. Sign up and instantly receive an account deposit, match, or risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. It's that easy. Again, go to LandryFootball.com, click on the ad located on the upper right-hand side of the page, and get in on the action with a special offer from American betting experts. Don't forget, take advantage of the gaming offers, American betting experts, and go to LandryFootball.com and show us our love. And, of course, go to any of the podcast platforms and search Landry Football Conference Call. You can find the rest stop and everything else underneath there. More live sports Tonight, Spence, a game going on right now that's almost almost final in Major League Baseball. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays in the bottom of the eighth inning. They lead the Astros 5-2, to two, but the Astros that threatening, looking like they have the bases loaded with one out. But, Spence, we got to talk about this uh, interesting game in Major League Baseball that uh, it was a wild one tonight in the National League Championship Series. The Atlanta Braves hang on for the 2 nothing. Uh, series lead, but they won this game eight to seven tonight. But if it weren't for a late ninth inning rally by the Dodgers, uh, the Dodgers, I believe, score, scored four runs in the ninth, but the Braves hold on to win. Uh, Freddie Freeman had three RBIs. Late run by the Dodgers, not enough. Commanding series lead by the Braves. And Spence, the way it's lining up, if, if the Rays hold on in the ALCS and the Braves with this commanding lead in the NLCS, we could see a Tampa Bay Rays Atlanta Braves World Series in this crazy 2020 pandemic shortened season. Yeah, and certainly we talked about this before. You kind of disagreed with me, but I'm still sticking with the idea that that would be the worst World Series matchup in recent memory. <laughs> I don't I don't know how you do you have you changed your mind a little bit? I mean, really think about it. You're going to have like what? 0-1 games because both pitching uh, staffs are so good on both teams. Plus, they're not big market teams either. 
It doesn't, it, nothing about it sounds good to me. I guess I'm biased, Spence, because I'm from Central Florida and Tampa Bay is right in the mix of Central Florida. And then the Braves, of course, growing up on the East Coast, they used to play a lot of their games on the Superstation TBS. So we got a lot of those games growing up as a kid. So being so East Coast biased where I grew up seeing the Rays and the Braves uh, kind of fits right in that wheelhouse. Although, like you mentioned, from a uh, landscape as a whole globally, uh, not the most exciting matchup, but uh, look, the Dodgers and Dodgers fans are crying for their Dodgers to do something and to really get over the hump. They signed Mookie Betts to that huge extension, Spence, and they're in an O2 hole to the Braves after tonight. They almost brought it all the way back with that crazy ninth inning, but still down 0-2. I think it's panic time for Dodgers fans. Luckily, they didn't make this a five-game series due to COVID that they still got a little bit of a wiggle room here. I think they can get back in this series, but the Braves are flying high here up 2 nothing, Spence. Yeah, that's a really tough hole, like, especially against Atlanta. I don't think it's as bad as if they were playing any other team. That pitching in that bullpen is so good for Atlanta. you got to imagine it's going to be difficult to catch up to those two games. I think, I think LA will win that game three. They have to win that game four. That'll be hard because that's when the starters, you know, make their rotation back around. And we all know that they got pretty much shut out in that rotation. Uh, you know, they lose game three. It's it's really over. They might get swept. But well, I Spence, think they win game three and win game four, and we'll see what happens after that. Spence, you mentioned it in basketball. There's, there's a much bigger difference in going down 3 nothing than uh, going sure. down 2-1. to one. So this game three is going to be huge for the Dodgers. I'm not sure who they're going to have on the mound. Uh, but, man, the Braves have got to be feeling really good up 2 nothing. but they can't get uh, too complacent because we know what the Dodgers are capable of. They've been the best team in baseball all year, but Dodgers fans have got to be shaking their head, scratching their heads at this point, down 2 to nothing. Yeah, uh, no, without a doubt. But I think Clayton Kershaw, who didn't play today because of some back problems, I think he might be cleared for the next game, which that would be pretty pivotal, right? Because we've seen how well he's performed in this postseason thus far. It's crazy that his body's still breaking down. I couldn't. I would have never expected that. Yeah, it, it, it's really crazy um, to see the Astros get this far, um, and uh, you know, to after all that offseason stuff with the cheating and them to to get back in it and uh, down to nothing. The Tampa Bay Rays, man, they continue to shock people. They take down the Yankees. Uh, they're they're one of the best best teams in the AL in the shortened season, and with that payroll, it's just it's just wild to see Tampa Bay do that after losing a lot of superstars over the last decade. Evan Longoria, they lost Carl Crawford. Uh, they replaced the pitching Blake Snell as their ace. It's really something special, and kudos to uh, a lot of the front office in that Rays organization to have that ballpark where they can't get a lot of sellouts and a, a lot of. Baseball diehard saying, "Ah, oh, you know, the worst place to have a major league team in that damn Tropicana Stadium. But they keep winning, keep finding a way to be competitive. And they're, it looks like they could be one game away from the World Series where it, it could be lined up really a, a good chance for them to win if they take on the Braves. So we'll follow the rest of that game tonight. Uh, it looks like Tampa Bay just got out of the eighth. Bases loaded one out. And they were able to get out of the inning with no damage done. And the Astros are down to three outs uh, before they go down three to nothing in this series to Tampa Bay. So pretty fascinating if you're a baseball fan to see, like you said, Spence may not, may not be the highest ratings, uh, but to see the Dodgers fall again and see Tampa Bay represent the AL in the World Series would be quite the story. 
Spence, while the Tuesday night NFL game was going on between the Titans and the Bills, Le'Veon Bell, uh, much mercurial running back, formerly of Steelers great, sat out that year for Pittsburgh and has not been the same since. The Jets do sign him to a free agent contract, but him and Adam Gase just did not get along. And Le'Veon Bell released tonight, not traded, released by the New York Jets. And Spence, off the top of your head, where do you think are some possible landing spots for Le'Veon Bell? Maybe it was the Jets. The Jets are clearly a dumpster fire. Uh, Sam Darnold, we know he's got some ability, but not seeing it in the Jets. Could a fresh start for Bell uh, be what he needs? I'm going to give you one team real quick, Spence. I think the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick because Sony Michelle hasn't been able to stay healthy. Rex Burkhead is a great back, but Le'Veon Bell does what the Patriots like him to do. He does what James White does out of the backfield. He can catch it. He can run it. I think that could be the perfect spot. And it could maybe, if he gives some of what he gave in Pittsburgh, I think Le'Veon Bell could maybe be the boost that the Patriots need to compete with the Bills to again win that AFC East. Spence, do any teams come to your mind? Yeah, I'm actually I'm looking down the list right now, so I'm, I'm trying to think. Uh, I think the Packers will definitely be one team that'll be interested in him for sure. They're looking for a playmaker. I know it's not exactly a wide receiver, but you can use him in a bevy of ways. So I expect that to be one of the higher ones. The Seahawks, I could see being another team. I know Chris Carson's okay, but I mean, imagine Le'Veon Bell in that system. That would be great. He's probably going to want to go to a, a title contender. So I, I don't think I think the Eagles are probably like outside of the realm of possibilities. The Chicago Bears, I guess if he really depends on if he buys into them being four and one, he's probably the favorite landing spot to me. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, so I'll, I'll predict the Bears. No, Spence, I, I think you're spot on. I think that's a great fit because they lost Tariq Cohen for the year and Bell does what Cohen does, if not better. And yeah. you, know, you know that they could use some help uh, with, with some just extra guys. I mean, Matt Nagy has his moments. But, man, he, he's got to do better. And I, I really think they could possibly solidify the Bears as a real playoff contender. I think that's a great choice, Spence, uh, because they have not been able to get a lot out of the running game like they wanted to. And I think Bell would be a good fit for Chicago. Ben, you, you make some great points, Pats, Dolphins. I think there's a lot of good landing spots. But do, do a lot of these teams, Spence, think that Bell is a headache? Because we know the trouble and we know he can be a distraction off the field, not necessarily because he gets in trouble. But, I mean, we know what the guy – you know, he's got a little bit of a reputation. Uh, I, I believe the Patriots would uh, make a run at him, but do any of these teams uh, not make a run because of what potentially off the field? I mean, look at Earl Thomas. Uh, he was great with that Legion of Boom and the Seahawks, uh, a great franchise with the Baltimore Ravens let go of him, and nobody else has touched him. And there's a lot of teams that need that safety help. The, Spe- the Seahawks lost Jamal Adams. Uh, with injury. The Cowboys, we know how bad their defense is. They can use Earl Thomas. The Vikings are depleted in the secondary, could use depth at safety. Nobody's touching Earl Thomas. I know Le'Veon Bell is not nearly the same uh, as some of the off the field mess that Earl Thomas has got in with his girlfriend or the domestic issue in the offseason. But he does have a bit of a reputation, Spence, especially not getting along with Gase and the Jets, even though the Jets' reputation precedes itself with how bad they've been this year. Uh, But is that going to stop a team like the Bears or like the Dolphins? Brian Flores certainly uh, is running a tight ship in Miami. And I don't know if Le'Veon Bell, you know, with a young quarterback on Tua, maybe seeing the field at some point this year, do they even 
you know, they're, they're looking fairly decent right now. The Dolphins, a huge win this past weekend. Uh, but Spence, does his off-the-field reputation halt him from landing a job anywhere, do you think? That's a great question, although I think he gets the benefit of the doubt. So I actually don't think it's going to be a factor. You know, you obviously had the Steelers situation, but that one's a little more cut and dry because it was about money straight up. And those just those kind of problems are going to happen with every team. And then you say, okay, it was kind of a problem, with, you know, with the Steelers and everything and the way he handled taking his year off. But the Jets are really that bad. And they're like, they've shown that they're the worst team in football, like way worse, not way worse, but they're worse than the Giants now, like definitively. So I think teams are willing to roll it out. It just depends on his asking price, although he got paid a lot from the Jets. So I don't think he's going to be looking for too much. I don't think, I don't see him going to a team like Miami. I think they're going to look for, he's going to look to go somewhere that's a playoff team. Spence, I really liked your observation of the Bears, and, and I'm convinced that the top two choices are the Patriots and the Bears. We'll see how those dominoes fall. But, Spence, it makes me think, now that we're talking Le'Veon Bell, we really haven't heard in in maybe more than a month the mercurial Antonio Brown. And we're coming up on week five. His suspension is eight games. Are we going to start hearing that name floating around the NFL circles here in the next few weeks, the name of Antonio Brown? Uh, we talk about teams like the Bears. Seems like the Bears could really use an Antonio Brown. The Patriots look more competitive. Uh, do they give him another shot? Tampa Bay. Will Antonio Brown's name circulate in the NFL circles here in the next month as we get closer to that suspension being up? Or is he like Earl Thomas? Maybe more so. Teams are not willing in this day and age with everything going on to take a guy that's going to be a distraction in the locker room. What are your thoughts on Antonio Brown as we hit week five? His suspension will be up in less than a month. Uh, do injuries change a team's mind? Antonio Brown, is he going to be in the NFL in 2020, Spence? I'm going to go ahead and say no. And I guess I could, obviously I could be wrong about that, but it's not like Le'Veon Bell where it wasn't about money. He's been accused of sexual assault and a lot of other you know, terrible things. He hasn't stayed on a team for more than a week at it, like our month at a time. Now I can't imagine someone wants to bring that in the locker room in the middle of the season, maybe in the off season, but obviously got suspended. So no one would, no one's going to do that. No one's going to sit on him. I say no way. Yeah. Yeah. Spence. I I talked about it. The minute the Patriots let him go, that that was going to be the last anybody saw of him. Uh, He would need to really stay under the radar for a year. Um, He doesn't seem to be able to more than a couple months be out of the news. So I expect to hear him shortly kind of put his name back in the hat. He's done good. We haven't heard from him since the start of the season. And I think that's his best route. Uh, His best path is to be quiet. Um, His suspension will be up in less than a month. I agree. I think if Earl Thomas is not going to be able to get on the team with all the injuries in the secondary, I think Antonio Brown has really put himself in a, in a tough position, but I know there's going to be some teams itching to maybe get him in the Seahawks were always rumored to have interest in Antonio Brown, but DK Metcalf has played so great as the number one guy for Seattle with that addition of Tyler Lockett. I mean, the Seahawks haven't shown like they really need much help on the offensive side this year. So I think maybe they'll pass on him, but I'm curious to see in the next four weeks, Spence, do injuries play a role in a team like the bears Maybe uh, a team like Buffalo, we'll see if injuries may make any type of noise there. But I'm curious. I know, I, I'm know i very confident that Antonio Brown's name will be circled back in the NFL here when his suspension looks to come up, Spence. 
No, I think you're. I think you're totally right. You know, if a guy like perfect, you said it perfectly. If a guy like Earl Thomas isn't getting as much interest as people thought he would, I say there's no way Le'Veon Bell follows suit. So, yeah. Spent some more news coming down in, in a crazy, you know, week six in college football this past week. Uh, the Florida Gators program, after head coach Dan Mullen uh, talked about we want to fill the entire stadium, four days away from their game against top 10 in conference rival LSU, the program's on hold. The Florida Gators get an outbreak of COVID and college football, of course, has had a tough time a little bit here with with teams and conferences trying to get back in the mix. Uh, Dan Mullen insert foot in mouth as he says, we want to fill the stadium before the end of the year. Now football activities on hold. Spence, you've talked about it. Uh, since we started this podcast about how you thought college sports too much risk. It's not a pro organization. We've seen how it's affected the NFL. Uh, Really teams have put themselves in jeopardy by not following protocol. You said too much pressure for college athletes uh, to be this strict. And now Dan Mullen foot in mouth in the Gators game in big time jeopardy against LSU in their season. Part of their season at jeopardy is now they got to halt football operations with multiple guys testing COVID positive. Uh, We saw South Florida, Notre Dame. They missed a week, but they were able to get back on track. Uh, The Gators' first SEC kind of meltdown here as as, uh, the Gators' season now in limbo at the moment. Yeah, and it won't be the last, at least in my opinion. We've already just talked about the logistics just don't make any sense. Between school and traveling, you're having to deal with 19, 20-year-old kids who are – some of them are about to make millions of dollars – it's just not going to, it's sad, multiply. I mean, I don't want to, I'm not here to like gloat and say, I told you so, I told you so, like to everyone. It's it's more like, this is what I didn't want to happen. And I wasn't rooting for these kids to get COVID-19. It was just a matter of the fact. And we'll see. I mean, I don't think the NCAA season finishes. I don't think they even really have a plan for bowl season or anything like that. I'm sure the ratings are great, but again, not I'm not into sacrificing the health of these kids just to get an entertaining game, just to fill up the sports book. It's, it's immoral. Spence, let's uh, let's hit last night's game as another great primetime game, as we had quite a few uh, with the Sunday night game and last night's game. And Justin Herbert, another really solid performance from the rookie with no offseason, no preseason. I believe he had four touchdown passes, no picks. And the Chargers got off to a fiery start. I think they were up 20-3. to three. In that first half, but again, blow another double-digit lead, and the Saints at home make that comeback, and you know they're always capable of that, and they pull it out in overtime. Uh, the Chargers had a chance, but couldn't quite make enough plays in overtime, and and the Chargers, it's tough, man, because Herbert looks really good, like the future, but 0-4 as a starter, uh, and the Chargers continue to blow big leads. I mean, is this coaching? Spence, I mean, Anthony Lynn is not building himself a great reputation uh, by allowing his teams in whatever capacity to blow these big leads. He could be on the hot seat. I mean, I I know it's tough to say, but at a one-in-four start, him making the comments uh, that, you know, Herbert's not the guy yet and then has to backtrack that almost immediately, uh, it's really a tough situation because Herbert looks good but they're not getting wins, but they're blowing big, big leads. Ben, chime in here. This is your team, man. Uh, who gets the heat for blowing double-digit leads? you got to put the blame on somebody when you have these big leads and you blow them two straight weeks. I mean, Herbert looks good, 
but somebody's got to take the blame uh, for blowing two double-digit leads. I know they're on the road, uh, but the Chargers should easily probably be sitting at three and two here, and they're one and four, uh, and very demoralizing. Teams are going to start pointing fingers. Look, this is Ben. You know this, okay? As an athlete, when you start blowing double-digit leads, fingers get pointed. And somebody's going to take the blame when you keep losing. Um, so who's to blame here? I know they've got some injuries, but you, look, it's natural. You start pointing fingers when you're one and four and when you're blowing big leads. I mean, Spence, what do you make of this? It's on the coach. I'll just go ahead and say it. I mean, they had the personnel offensively. We know that. And even without Austin Eckler, they've still been explosive. They have two of the best, right? They have like probably – other than maybe Tampa Bay, the best wide receiver pairing in the NFL. Uh, great tight end in Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry. Justin Jackson even, isn't even that bad as a running back. So it's not offensive. That's not the problem. And Justin Herbert, as you've just mentioned, has been playing pretty great overall. I mean, for what you want your rookie to do, he's being more than a game manager, which is impressive in and of itself. And defensively, I think, I mean, they're ranked 15th like going into that game. Really, they're like tenth, but they keep, these leads are these blown leads are the things that's pushing them down to the fifteenth. You got to be better at clock management, you know that that's for sure. Uh, it's just too close, and yeah, I, I lead, that many leads. You know, every coach is going to blow leads or that, but to do it that consistently, to do it all the time, I think is a real problem. I'm not ready to give up on Lynn, although I I don't care about the Chargers. I mean, they can give up to him on him for all I care, but I don't think it's time. Like if I was a GM to give up. It's got to approve before the end of the season. You can't let this happen at least two more times for the season, or else you got to really start to think. No, you're exactly right, Spence. Uh, if they don't get on a little bit of a winning streak here, if they if they drop to one and six, if they lose two more, and the defense doesn't get better, there's going to be a casualty, and it may be defensive coordinator Gus Bradley. Uh, you remember him as uh, when the Seahawks won the uh, Super Bowl, he was the defensive coordinator uh, for Seattle. And look, I, I know you don't have. Joey Bosa injury and some other guys are banged up. Um, you know, uh, the Florida State, uh, Derwin James, I know he's been banged up to safety. Uh, but still, the Chargers have been known for their solid defense. And somebody's going to be a casualty if they don't get back on track because they clearly uh, have some ability. Uh, and Herbert has looked good. We got to give him credit. Mike Williams finally broke out on primetime last night, over 100 yards, two touchdowns. Um, and they're, and they're doing it on the road, man. They're building double digit leads on the road, which is tough, even though there's no fans. You're traveling west to east on a short week, a rookie quarterback. There's something to be said about how they're starting off games, so maybe they take that as confidence. Uh, but I think this next week is really going to be uh, really important to watch because they know that they're capable of winning games, they've blown these big leads, so either they're going to come out next week and really have a breakout game. Or it's going to be the opposite effect. They're going to be really kind of – you're going to sense some dissension and they're going to keep losing. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to follow here the next couple of weeks, Spence, to see how they bounce back. And they're going to have a home game in the next couple of weeks at SoFi Stadium. So they're, I'm going to be really curious to see how it shapes up because they're either going to get it on track, figure it out, and start closing these games out as they have these big leads against good teams – you know, the they played the I think they played the Patriots, or if not the Patriots, the Bucks. Uh yeah, I mean Mahomes, Brady, Breeze, uh 
Bridgewater. So they're either going to get it on track here, or uh, or they're going to they're going to nosedive a little bit more. So I'm curious to see how that shapes up, Spence. Um, but look, the Chargers, the, the future does look bright with with Herbert and with the young Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. You know he's gonna he's a star. Uh, Hunter Henry at tight end. So that we know they got the players if they can get some guys back on defense. But I think the next two weeks is going to be really important for the Chargers to see how they respond from blowing those two big leads on the road. Spend some more football news. Another coaching casualty goes down this week as the Atlanta Falcons, uh, I believe they fell to 0-5, Spence, and Dan Quinn finally gets the hook in Atlanta. In a game at home, they should have absolutely won. Absolutely won. And they let the Christian McCaffrey-less Panthers get another win. Three in a row without McCaffrey. Bridgewater, first-year coach Matt Rule on the road. Carolina gets another win, and Matt Ryan looks awful. We're going to start putting Matt Ryan in Phillip Rivers' category as this guy (laughs) can't move in the pocket. I know we didn't have Julio Jones, but come on, Spence. We're talking about a secondary in Carolina that's very young, very inexperienced, and the Panthers keep winning, and they're not flashy by all means. Matt Ryan, 16 points for the Falcons at home. Matt Quinn gets or uh, Dan Quinn gets a hook. Matt Ryan, if they keep losing, he's going to be out, and the Falcons are going to be in the conversation for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I wish Matt Ryan was the quarterback of the Raiders. That'd be great. Uh, <laughs> you don't wish kidding. that. Trust me, uh, yeah. he's awful right now. No, he'd Trust be great me. on the Raiders. He's are you kidding? Gonna, me? He's going to get a believer rant here in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, we'll have to be on the radar for that. But if they had fired Dan Quinn in Week Two, like they should have. This would be a playoff team. I still believe that. I really do, even though their defense has been that bad. I really think it's just, uh, you know, because of how bad their system is and how much he lost the locker room. They'll probably win six games this year. I think they're going to start winning, especially when you have a new guy as head coach, because that means everybody's, like, off the table. You know, like, no one is secure, so they're all going to be playing harder. We already saw it with the Texans and the Jaguars game. So they'll probably go on a two-game winning streak. So I guess I'll be betting Falcons, <laughs> kind of announcing that early, right, for Thursday's show. But I think we'll see them turn it around a little bit, fall down. You know, you'll have the ups and downs. But next year and looking forward, I, I, I do like the Falcons. Well, they play my Vikings this week, so we know who you'll be on. Uh, but I will preface by saying uh, Mike Zimmer's had Atlanta and Matt Ryan's number uh, for quite a few years. So we'll dive into that on Thursday. Dan Quinn finally out. Arthur Blank doesn't like to make moves like that in the middle of the season, but you had to, Spence. I mean, you got a team that represented the NFC in the Super Bowl less than five years ago and falling off the cliff really fast. And look, Matt Ryan, we were talking about in the offseason, him, Eli Manning, Ben, your guy, Philip Rivers, fringe Hall of Famers. And I, I was totally backing Matt Ryan, but man, he is looking like he is falling off. He never could really move in the in the pocket, but he was a quick decision maker and, and made decisions quick. He's holding the ball too long. He's getting sacked. He's bad on third down. And the Falcons are not getting the job done at all. And I'm sorry, I don't think a coaching move does anything for Atlanta. I think they're really in contention to maybe win three games this year because Matt Ryan is looking that bad without Julio Jones. And you're 0-5. Do you really want to bring Julio back this year and subject him to this after you just signed him to a big contract? Uh, Do you want to kind of reshuffle the cards and figure out what you got next year and maybe see what you want to do at the quarterback position? I think that's a real option for Atlanta. And, And look, Todd Gurley's played pretty well. For Atlanta, he really has. Um, 
but Matt Ryan to me looks like the problem at this point. The defense, of course, is part of the problem. Also, you you, you got to make stops. You got to get off the field on third down. Um, I, I I think Alexander Madison, the backup for the Vikings, who's going to get the start this week against Atlanta, as Dalvin Cook will have uh, this week and then the bye week to get ready to get back in action. But I think Madison. And backup Vikings running back Matt um, Mike Boone uh, will run all over Atlanta this week, and I think Cousins will get the tight ends Jefferson and Thielen involved, and I think they beat Atlanta. But uh, Matt Ryan is certainly uh, kind of a liability right now with the Falcons. So we'll we'll see how that transpires. It's going to be an interesting game between zero and five and one and four team uh, this Sunday. But Spence, um, let's transition to the NBA. And I know since our last show this past Sunday, the Lakers went ahead and did it. They closed the door in emphatic fashion against the Heat. And uh, Goran Dragic did suit up and, and with a bad foot played. Uh, the scoreboard was not indicative of, of how much the Lakers dominated that game on Sunday. Uh, LeBron has a triple-double and closing it out and gets his fourth title and his third with three different teams. And and. Is, is he the first superstar to do that, Spence? I know Robert Ory won with the Rockets, and he won with the Lakers, and I think he won with the Spurs too. So he's not the first. But, man, uh, really impressive for LeBron. I talked about it before the series. I, I know it's a hot debate, and depending who you talk to. But, man, look, it, LeBron is second to none when you talk about longevity, 17 years. And for him to be able to be so healthy through the majority of that – and him in what his second year with the Lakers to power really him and Anthony Davis. I mean, that's it. Caldwell Pope and Danny Green were brutal at times for this Lakers team. But LeBron, like Spence, you mentioned it. You mentioned it early in the playoffs when you thought LeBron hit that other gear, and he really did. And he was huge. And what I thought was his was his deficiency, Spence, was from the free throw line, his inconsistency. In big spots in this finals, he knocked down his free throws. And he was huge in not allowing in key moments the Heat to get back in games by making big free throws. And he did it. And really satisfying victory for LeBron fans and for Laker fans to get back on that mountaintop. With I know it's a pandemic-shortened season, but – uh, for LeBron and AD and AD to, to really battle through injury, uh, the healthiest he's been consistently throughout his career. Look, AD deserves tons of credit, man, for him to fight through all those nagging injuries and to play big. If you're a Lakers fan, if you're a basketball fan, Lakers back on the mountaintop, LeBron, his fourth title, and looks like he's got a really good opportunity to maybe compete for five and six. I mean, AD will be back healthy. The Lakers are going to make runs at Giannis. They're going to make runs at other guys. They're going to improve that roster. Palenka and LeBron are not going to sit tight. And for the first time in many years, Spence, we heard nothing about coaching. Frank Vogel did a fantastic job for the Lakers. Will J. Kidd stay on that staff and build continuity within that spa- within that staff, within the staff? And that's going to mean everything for Lakers fans. Because to have continuity within that coaching staff and know that they're going to make some more moves has got to speak highly because there's no continuity with the Clippers right now. So if you thought the Clippers were the team that was going to make that run, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know who their coach is. We don't know if Paul George is going to stick around. Uh, So um, the Lakers have got to be feeling good. LeBron's got to be feeling good. And LeBron is going to stay hungry, Spence, because now with four titles – 
He sees six in sight. He knows what Michael's number's at. We know that he'll do anything to motivate himself. And just to make a few moves, the Lakers have got to be feeling good. Now, I personally think that the Warriors are going to be in the mix this next year. And I think the Warriors are going to give the Lakers more of a run than the Clippers. I really do. I know you're shaking your head there, but I think Klay Thompson, when healthy, and Steph Curry are still a, a huge dynamic duo. And I think they got more pieces uh, in depth in the Lakers. And look, you know, I know Lakers fans are going to be upset about that, but I think it's going to be the Warriors that are going to give the Lakers a run here in 2021. No, you're you're way off on that one. Their their roster overall is awful. It's horribly constructed. I know they're the first overall pick, but that I am not a fan of this year's draft at all. Uh, I don't think there's any all stars in it. James Wiseman might be okay, but he's not ready to contribute like that. That's not going to happen. So I, I'm not I'm not in agreement with you there. On the they don't have the first pick, but they have they're in contention for all the top three guys, and I don't think any of those guys are all stars. I think they'll be fine role players, except for Anthony Edwards. I think he's going to be terrible. Uh, but that's a discussion for another time. I just did an episode of Delivering Sports, actually, and I talked about I talked about three things when it came to those finals that I, I think are important to bring up. And you talked about it. Frank Vogel, the whole coaching staff, right? His ability to make adjustments in the playoffs. He had those two losses in game one, and he that's it. That's all he needed. And it was a little more of a battle in the finals, but you, you want to talk about adjustments. I mean, they got, lost a close game. Game six was not even was nowhere in the same vicinity. He wasn't afraid to make lineup changes at any point. Completely ice guys out of the game, like Dwight Howard in the in the um, semifinals. Really, really impressive. Uh, number two. Um, well, I'll mention it afterwards when we wrap up basketball. I'll bring up the other points. So whatever you want to talk well, about. Well, Spence. I mean, it's really been overshadowed with all the superstar talk. And Kobe, you know, of course, we did it for Kobe, for Lakers fans. Lakers fans, what are your thoughts on Frank Vogel? I mean, look, LeBron has gone through head coaches like he's gone through underwear in the past. Okay, David Blatt, Ty Lue, the list goes on. With the, I mean, we talked about guys, uh, Luke Walton last year. I mean, he is very strong-willed when it comes to that coaching. We've heard nothing negative about Frank Vogel, and that is big. And like I said, this is with – and they didn't make any huge moves at the trade deadline this year like they have in the past with Cleveland. I mean, we're talking about a supporting cast that was extremely inconsistent besides LeBron and AD. And nobody talked about Frank Vogel on the hot seat, nothing. He deserves so much more credit than we're even talking about. And like I said, I think it really speaks to the continuity this Lakers organization from top to bottom will have moving forward in the next year. Like I said, the Clippers are panicking. Look, Ballmer gets rid of Doc. Playoff P has uh, certainly a much-to-be-desired playoff performance. And all the talk. Look, the Clippers were most prepared coming out of this bubble. Bomber sent them Peloton bikes. Doc had them dialed in. They were working out. They weren't working out too much because they were out of shape against Denver, a Denver team that came back from 3-1 to twice. Uh, the Clippers are in dysfunction. But we'll see. We know we know the, the championship pedigree of Kawhi. They'll be competitive. They're not going to be. Hey, I think you cut out, Brad. I don't know if you can still hear me. Uh, I think your voice cut out for a second. So uh, I'll put you behind me. So oh, I you mute. Okay, I'm going to go full screen. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, well, Brad has the moment, and I, I would definitely want to ask him about this when he comes back on. Uh, this is something I really, really wanted to talk about, and it's got overshadowed. We all forgot about it. Let's see if Brad, are you back? 
Can we hear you? Yeah, can you hear me? Okay, there we are. Okay, sorry about that. Go ahead. Go (laughs) ahead ahead with what you're saying. Um, So the NBA season, as we all all know, was stopped for social justice. The Bucs put it on a halt for two days, right? And then it found out they didn't have a plan. They they have this big meeting. They all disagree on what they want to do. And they go back to playing two days later as if nothing happened, right? And we see this promotion during the during the kind of the playoffs. It dissipated. It was gone in the finals. Maybe you saw the Black Lives Matter thing on the court. Like Kyle Lowry, after one of their playoff wins, talked about Breonna uh, Taylor uh, for, uh, to an extent, an extensive amount. Like they didn't. They stopped talking about the game. What happened when the Lakers won the finals? Did LeBron James go on the court and say? It's fantastic. We won a finals or whatever. But the more important thing is social justice. Any postgame interview, I, I beg you, please send it to me. I haven't seen it. None of the presentation I saw, it completely was out of it. The NBA players lost and it looks really embarrassing on them. And the low ratings obviously don't help their cause. People are saying it's because of all the social justice stuff. Uh, we don't know if that's true or not. I don't know. If, I don't even know if I believe that necessarily. But it sure looks terrible on them. I think it's embarrassing for the players, the way they all acted. Especially if you're a team like Miami who lost, that should be your entire thing to get the heat off of you for the finals loss. You should be like, look, it. Feel about that. Spence, I didn't hear the last part. Uh, oh, I was just saying, about... I don't know how you feel about that. If you feel like I'm off, uh, I don't know. Well, uh, I'm sorry. Repeat what you're saying about the heat there, about taking the heat off. I'm saying if they lose, you might as well like just be like, look, we lost, but the more important thing is social justice. That's what this bubble's been all about. But no, I, I didn't hear any of that. I don't so, know if so you did or, or what. So you kind of feel like the message got lost as as time went on. And the, uh, it completely dissipated. I mean, they, they, it, it doesn't mean anything in the finals. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think that that's a bad thing, but I see what you're saying. The point they were trying to make and not being consistent with it. Um, I think it's definitely an interesting, interesting perspective. And Spence, talk about your your podcast uh, with sports so we can listen to that conversation some more about what you just talked about there. Yeah, it's on Delivering Sports. You can check it out on YouTube. Uh, it's on my Twitter too. It's pretty, it's basically everywhere. So if you guys want to go check it out, just look up Delivering Sports on YouTube. It'll be the top thing. We streamed. Uh, I haven't streamed in a while, but I might try to do that consistently. And obviously when I start my show <laughs> on the radio, then it'll be very consistently. But if you want to go check it out, you can do that. Yeah, and we'll plug with that. And uh, real quick, um, to the Warriors, uh, we, we talked about some of the potential draft picks. I, I think the 2021 season is really going to line up to be uh, fantastic in the NBA, Spence. The Western Conference, we know Portland's going to be back healthy. Denver showed uh, what they're capable of doing. I, I believe that the Warriors will be back in the mix. The Clippers are not going to go down. I think the Western Conference is just going to be a phenomenal watch. And, you know, what do the Rockets do? I mean, I don't think they've filled their head coaching position yet, but they still got two superstars on that team. If you're a basketball fan, you've really got to love what the NBA is going to bring to the table in 2021 with a full season, hopefully. And, uh, and this draft coming back, uh, in November, we'll see, of course, where uh, Lamelo Ball goes. Obi Toppin. Uh, basketball is going to be so fun to watch in 2021 from the NBA. Oh yeah, Corey mentions the Mavs. I didn't even bring up the Mavs. Luca had his coming out party in this playoffs. The Mavs are going to be healthy. Uh, man, the Western Conference is just going to be incredible. And how does it shape up? And I really think with fans maybe being back next year, uh, the seating is going to be crucial. Because the guys know what it's like to be in that bubble. They're gonna the fans and the teams are gonna have even more juice having fans in the stands for next basketball season. So it's gonna be really fun to watch. Uh Spence, we've got to recap it. Okay, week week number four or week number five in the NFL. Uh you saved the rest up, Spence. 
because the believer was absolutely dreadful. Um, you couldn't have scripted it any worse for myself personally. One in 12 against the spread, Spence, was the believer. Um, and you, But you held it down for the rest stop, and you knocked Corey the champ Fulton off his, cro- cro- off his uh, podium after only one week. And it wasn't by much, Spence, but you keep it strong for the rest stop as you go six wins, seven losses, and you take down uh, only one week reign for Corey Fulton as he went five and eight. And you did it with a very nice Monday night win by having the Chargers as we had the Saints. Uh, thank you, Spence, for keeping uh, the rest stop alive and in the driver's seat. And we don't have to crown anybody for two straight weeks. Yeah, it was too, it was too easy. Corey, Corey uh, handed me a few of those. So I appreciate him doing that for me. I'll have something special for you, uh, Corey, next week for when we do our next weeks. No, on this week, Thursday. You'll have right. a Thursday. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean. Next next show, I'll have something special for Corey. So please please uh, be sure to tune in. Uh, Benny, you're more than welcome to step up to the plate this Thursday and take on the Believer and the Wiz. Uh, the Believer uh, certainly is in the dumps as he looks like uh, more trash than you can even imagine with an awful 1-12 record. I'm lucky that I'm still at 40% for the year. Uh, but, Spence, bring up the graphics, and let's briefly go over some of the games this past week. Uh, we'll start off. We were all a donut in Atlanta. We talked about Dan Quinn getting the ax. Uh, Corey, I'm surprised you didn't stick with your Panthers, man. They have been really good to you, and they've got a three-game winning streak without Christian McCaffrey. Teddy Bridgewater, very efficient. Those weapons, Spence, DJ Moore, and uh, some of the receivers on the outside for Carolina, really solid. And Matt Rule is uh, looking good. And in my opinion, a front runner for coach of the year, first year, no offseason, three and two, and in the extra playoff mix for Carolina, they keep winning without their best player. Yeah, to me, it's the definitive coach of the year so far. We'll see how, you know, if they can keep going. But I keep saying that every week. Let's see if they can keep going. And look at that. They keep winning. How about Teddy Bridgewater? I mean, that's got to be one of the biggest storylines of the year, too. The guy is an absolute solid quarterback. And I did not like him in college at all. But, hey, I, I like it when guys prove me wrong. I think that's really cool. And, Spence, what are the Vikings thing? He has a Vikings fan, a fluke non-contact practice injury destroyed his leg. People thought uh, in that practice that there was a chance he had to have that leg amputated and he made a a comeback backed up drew Brees in new orleans and playing really good football right now and some of the vikings probably think teddy bridgewater may be a better fit than kirk cousins congratulations to teddy this is a guy a man of faith a very godly religious man that kept his faith and man playing great football as a starter for a first-year head coach without their best player, man, kudos to Teddy Bridgewater. And look, I, I've got to be I got to be a Panthers fan the rest of the season, rooting for them. Matt Rule from Temple to Baylor, no offseason, got this Panthers team with looking like a no-name defense, three and two. Congratulations to the Panthers, and what a start! Another great story spent in the next game we'll cover the Washington Football Team against the LA Rams. They lose. Uh, and they don't get the cover, but Dwayne, uh, Dwayne Haskins, after being benched, Kyle Allen gets a start. He gets hurt. Who steps in? We talked about the possibility of this story. Alex Smith, who literally was as close as it comes to losing his leg, fighting back, no reason to stick with football, 
gets in the game within the first two months of the season. Uh, couldn't lead them to a win, but Alex Smith getting back in the game, his family had to be in tears in the stands, giving him a standing ovation. Uh, of course, front runner now for comeback player of the year. I would love to see Alex Smith get more playing time this week because I think if Alex Smith has the clearance from doctors and he can get over the mental hurdle of his injury, Alex Smith is a winner and he's been a winner every time he's got in the field the last five to eight years in the NFL. And he was winning football games before that injury with Washington. No, for sure. And it's crazy as it sounds. The division's still up for grabs. I mean, that sounds like a bit of a stretch. Obviously, they have more problems outside of the quarterback position. But if you basically, in that division, you, you can't expect any of them to win outside of their division. So you're going to have to play, you know, they're going to have to play the Cowboys and Giants and, they're, and the Eagles, and they're all bad. So why why can't they go get seven wins and make the playoffs? I don't see why not. They have to beat the Cowboys twice. That'll be the important part of all of this. Spence, I would love nothing more. And forget all my affiliation aside with whatever team. If Alex Smith, by chance, can have an opportunity to start the majority games this year, I will be absolutely rooting for the Washington football team amidst all their distractions and negativity this year in a very winnable division with so many bad teams and now back out for Dallas. So I'm really curious to follow Washington and what's going on in practice to see uh, what the quarterback situation looks like from here moving forward. But from the Rams perspective, they get back on track. They win 30 to 10. You were right on that one, Spence, and uh, a good win for them. The next game on the docket, we were all right. Uh, Corey's one claim to fame this week. He said, bet your mortgage on Arizona and the Jets just prove how bad they are. And they get blown out on at home uh, led by Joe Flacco by the Cardinals. Uh, this one's pretty cut and dry. We know we, we know how bad the Jets are, and it's not going to get any better as long as Adam Gase is at their head coach. I'm going to keep going against the Jets. I don't. I'm pretty sure I haven't bet for them. If I have, I need to uh, reassess my sports betting strategy. Yeah. But I think I leaned to them one week that Thursday night game, and, and never again. <laughs> uh, the next the next game, Spence, one of the more surprising games of the week. Jimmy Garoppolo gets back in the starting lineup for the 49ers. Uh, the Dolphins travel east to west on the road and have their best game of the season. And they actually absolutely destroy the 49ers, putting up, I believe, a 40-burger in that game. And Jimmy Garoppolo pulled at halftime. And C.J. Beathard, the Iowa product, gets the second-half start. But, man, a rough start for the injury-laden San Francisco 49ers this year. Uh, and the Dolphins, we've we've talked about how they're not very talented roster-wise, but talked about how we really like Brian Flores. And what a win uh, for the Miami Dolphins. And a lot of confidence going into next week. And not only do they win in cover, but they blow out the 49ers, Spence. Yeah. We talk about Super Bowl uh, hangovers for the winning team. I think it's just as bad, if not worse, for the team that lost in the Super Bowl or any championship series. We saw this with the Golden Knights. The way they started that next season, and I know they kind of kind of got back into it, but ended up getting bounced early in the playoffs. It's tough to go that far. You have the shortest off season of any team, other than the team you played, and you have that on your mind. Where you just the last game you lost was devastating. I think we're seeing that with the 49ers, given they do have injuries. I know mean, they're not going to be this bad all the rest of the season. But that's a terrible loss to take. They shouldn't lose that game uh, against the Dolphins. Spence, because we're, we're this show's fl- flown by, I want to save the two games that we want to talk about a little bit towards the end so you can give a little time on that. So we'll run through uh, these other ones pretty quickly. Uh, the Texans' first game back after firing coach Bill O'Brien, divisional matchup. I was on the wrong side. You and Corey were right. Desha- Deshaun 
Watson has three touchdowns, and the Texans win pretty easily there. Uh, flip through to the next game, Spence. Uh, I was on the wrong side again. You guys were right. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, with a late score, they cover that spread over the Eagles. Um, Chase Claypool, the Notre Dame product, really big game, and Pittsburgh keeps winning. They're undefeated, Spence. Yeah, you know how I feel about this defense, and they obviously didn't start out very well, but they finished the game strong. And you can't expect it. You can't expect a season-long consistency when it comes to defense. You're going to have some crack, some cracking points, but they're able to pull it together, make adjustments. I this game was really lucky. I have to admit, <laughs> I re- this game really shouldn't have covered at all. That late, late touchdown was meaningless and everything. So, but I'll take it. Yeah, we'll hit Dallas and the Raiders game at the end. Uh, so let's flip over because we we talked about Buffalo and Tennessee tonight. Buffalo, we all like them, but uh, very shocking. Uh, that the Bills really didn't seem to get off the bus today. In Tennessee, we thought maybe was distracted. Um, they weren't. They played great tonight, and they got the easy win. I believe 40-16 to 16 was the final. Uh, Spence, you know my rant on these two teams, Colts, Browns. Uh, on Twitter, I, I like the Browns. I don't know why I took the Colts on the show. I guess I was trying to be contrarian, but uh, the Browns look pretty solid. And uh, Phillip Rivers looks like exactly who I thought he was and uh, didn't get the job done this week. But the Browns, really impressive 4-1 and one start of the season. No doubt. They're the hottest team in the league. We'll see how far they can take it. I, the a, the uh, AFC North is the best division of football, in my opinion. The Bengals aren't great, but those three other teams are all playoff contenders. They might take up all – all three of those teams might take up uh, the two wildcard spots. We'll see. Yep. Spence, I was the only one on the wrong side. Joe Burrow got me this week and Corey's Ravens and the Ravens get back on track. I thought really they had a chance to maybe have a, a close game. I thought that line was much higher than eight and a half. I think there may be an error there because I think it was 11 and a half. Um, but Baltimore, Baltimore got the win easily, even though Lamar Jackson didn't practice. Uh, they really shut down that offense of, of Cincinnati and they won pretty easily. I believe 27 to three was the final. Yeah. Uh, the Ravens are finally gaining momentum defensively. Like I, I thought they were a top 10 ish defense and now they're really starting to play up to the bill. Although it is against the Bengals. So we'll see how they can do that. Uh, I just think that it took them a little bit of adjustment when you lose an, an all pro type of guy like Earl Thomas, you're used to him doing a lot more than your regular guy. Even if he's good, a, a superstar, takes it to another level. So it takes a bit of time for adjustment. I think they're making that. We'll see how they play moving forward. Yeah, really exciting Sunday night game as the Vikings travel to Seattle to take on the undefeated Seahawks. Uh, Vikings had a really great first half, got out to a 13-0 lead. Uh, that wasn't going to hold. Russell Wilson came back firing. They scored 21 unanswered points in the second half. But the Vikings answered. They got themselves back at the game. They were actually up 26-21 late in the fourth and got a really big interception off of Russell Wilson. And they ran the ball really, really well against Seattle's defense. Dalvin Cook left that game with a groin injury. Alexander Madison, uh, the second-year running back out of Boise State, came in and rushed for over 100 yards, uh, came down to a fourth and inches to close out the game. The Vikings got stuffed. Russell Wilson, two big fourth-down conversions on that last drive. The late touchdown to DJ, DJ Metcalf, and the Seattle gets a really big win to stay undefeated. They win 27-26. Tough loss for the Vikings, but – one and four on the season, they, they look to be getting some type of momentum offensively, but just not a complete team right now. When you when you find ways to lose their second one-point loss of the season, it uh, doesn't look good moving forward. And Vikings fans would hate to be in limbo, a team that ends up winning a few games and then takes themselves out of con- contention to get one of those top quarterbacks in the draft. 
Yeah, for sure. But uh, just to talk about the Seahawks just a little bit, the thing that impresses me the most, because the defense isn't very good. I, I think that's pretty well established now. They're giving up points to a lot. But they're able to deal with it through game management, which is so impressive. Russell Wilson is just able to play the game and, and adjust to what he needs to, like, so easily. It's it's almost frightening. And obviously you have a great coach, so he's able to kind of make up for it too. I still feel like the Seahawks, to me, are going to the Super Bowl. I would love to see them gain a little more momentum defensively. We'll see if they if it really is just a personnel thing or if they're just not used to uh, the schemes or something. It'll be something interesting to monitor. I agree with you, Spence, and, and flip to the last one because that's the one that won it for the rest stop and for Spencer the Wiz. He was the only one on the Chargers, and we talked about it, and we talked about this game. The Chargers uh, should have won the game, but they easily covered that 7.5, and, and me and Corey were, were on the wrong side. Spence, but let's talk about these two real quick as we try to get through these. Your Raiders, an enormous win on the road in Arrowhead against the Kansas City Chiefs. None of us were on the right side, but the Raiders, you told me, uh, had probably their best quarterback performance of the year, and they won, and they won by double digits, it looked like, or or, did, or they were up double digits late in that game. Yeah, it, it basically was a double to like a touchdown late in the game. But uh, there's a few things that are worthy to talk about in this game. Number one, you got to get out of the way is Derek Carr. Had one of the worst interceptions of his career. It's very similar to last year against the, the the Packers when they were driving. He tossed up in the front of the end zone. But the way he played after that hasn't been seen since 2016. I don't know what changed. I don't know if there's a wire in his head that was loose that like finally kicked on. He has not played like that since his MVP. I'm going to call it his MVP season. It's pretty close. Um, the other thing is John Gruden also just out of nowhere changed his coaching strategies the, the most conservative coach in the league that always gets us out in, in trouble we have the patriots game where you don't go for it on fourth down end up kicking a field goal that puts us down four meaningless there's no reason for it uh suddenly he's going for on fourth down he's giving Derek carr the ball Derek carr is looking down the field find nelson aguilar who's probably the best receiver we've had S- some can say since amari cooper i'm going to say since 2002 2003 with jerry rice tim brown i remember the days of rod streeter trust me uh, and uh, Jacoby Ford, all that kind of stuff. I've, I've been here since there. Uh, it just depends on if they can do it on a consistent basis. Also, the pass rush out of nowhere suddenly looks good. We all know Max Crosby is a great pass rusher, probably top 15 in the league, which is really impressive. I think he's up to six sacks on the season. Uh, and obviously, they're going to be coming back with a whole bunch of guys from the injury list. Uh, I don't know. I don't believe it yet, but we'll see. Spence, let's hit the graphic. Uh, one of the most heartbreaking stories of the weekend uh, and, of course, none of us covered that game as the Dallas Cowboys uh, find a way to win against the Giants. But, man, just a heartbreaking injury to quarterback Dak Prescott. Uh, and, and what's the future look like for Dak? Does he? And you've got to think that uh, immediately after that happened, tears in his eyes, he's got to think about that big contract that he left on the table. Uh, but just really a tough injury is, you know, he was scrambling in the pocket and then his leg gets bent back uh, and just, just a gruesome injury. And it looks like – Dak had surgery last night, but he's going to be out for the year. You got to imagine. Uh, I think Dak will be back, but man, it seems like he may have lost uh, a little bit of money there, Spence, or a lot of money with that injury. And what do the Cowboys do? I mean, how do they look with Andy Dalton under center? Andy Dalton, I think, is a serviceable quarterback. How does he fit in with Mike McCarthy and some of those weapons? But it's Dallas's defense that had the problem. But man, so many people on Twitter and uh you know, just fans and, and fans of football, just hearts going out to Dak Prescott. Just a terrible, unfortunate injury. But Dak, 
strong mentally. We know this guy is going to fight to get back on the field and be better than ever. I think Dak is worth uh, being the Cowboys' future quarterback. I think they'll see with Andy Dalton. They may win seven games. They may make the playoffs, but you're going to see the clear difference between a Dak Prescott under center and Andy Dalton. I think Dak will get his contract. It may not be what it once was, but I think he's the future for Dallas, even though he's going to be coming back off a huge injury. Look what Teddy Bridgewater did. Yeah, you never want to root for an injury. It's it's just really terrible. And, yeah, he obviously left a lot of money on the table, probably gives some bargaining power back to Jerry Jones. As harsh as that sounds, it's just true. I don't know. I mean, I, I, it feels like this could be the exit for Dak Prescott. It's just why I wanted the Raiders to pick up in the offseason. But, obviously, that comes a little more muddied now because they can, they can cut Derek Carr for no money. And he would obviously fit pretty well in John Gruden's kind of system of a fluid offense. He wants his quarterback to run a little bit. I don't know. I mean, Andy Dalton will take them to the playoffs. That's my prediction. I'm rooting for Alex Smith and Washington, like I said earlier in the show. I just fully expect, uh, yeah, Andy Dalton to take them to the playoffs. And that puts, you know, the Cowboys in a pretty tough spot. Well, we knew knew the Vikings decided to move on from Teddy Bridgewater because they were scared of that injury. So we know there's going to be some trepidation with Dak coming back from that. But I'm going to be rooting for him just like Alex Smith came back, just like Teddy Bridgewater come back. Dak will come back better than ever. Benny, we'll see about getting you on Thursday, man, taking on myself and the Wiz. I want to thank everyone for joining us in the chat tonight. Make sure you download the Twitch app. Go to www.twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. And make sure on any podcast platform you search Landry Football Conference call and search the rest the rest stop. And make sure if you can't see us live that you get us on the rest on the rest stop under Landry Football Conference call. And again, some new partners with the show. Go to LandryFootball.com. And take advantage of our special gaming offers from American betting experts. Go to LandryFootball.com, click on the ad in the upper right-hand side of the page, pick among the gaming sites legal in your state, sign up and instantly receive an account deposit, match or risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. It's that easy thanks to American betting experts. My main man, Spencer the Wiz. You can follow him at Spencer the Wiz. I'm Brad Restituto at Brad the Believer. Make sure you turn in Tuesday, uh, Thursday, Thursday night, 9 o'clock Pacific time, live from Vegas from another, another great show. This is The Rest Stop, and I'm Brad Restituto. Have a great night. We'll see you on Thursday. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.